Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of God? Praise be God from whom all blessings flow. And Father, we pray that you will use me now to preach truth in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we have so many things to distract our minds. Help us to let go of all the worldly things, pressing things, distractive things, things that clutter our minds. Realize at the end of the day, what matters is what we do for you. Help us to attune ourselves to the word in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. Thank you. Turn with us to the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Leave your Bibles open as we continue our series on decision-making. Achieving success through godly decision making. Our theme text is 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. That's our theme text, but uh, we're going to deal with today Genesis 12, 1 through 4, as we hear the word of God. Genesis 12, 1 through 4 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord has spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. What must we consider when making decisions that glorify God? What must we do? Uh, What must we consider when making decisions that glorify God? Number one, we need to trust God when he leads us into a decision, even if on the surface that decision does not make sense. And that's real important. If you're writing, you really need to write this point down because God does not always make sense. Trust God when he leads you into a decision, even if on the surface that decision doesn't make sense. God told Abraham to go. And Abraham went not knowing where he was going. With that being said, be mindful that obedience to God brings blessings from God. Abram got blessed because he obeyed the instructions from God. Don't expect God to bless you while you're living in rebellion against God. At the command of God, by faith, Abram, not even knowing where he was going, left his family who was steeped in idolatry. 
He had no GPS or map quest. He simply walked with God by faith and wavered not at the promises of God. I can imagine his kinfolk back in Haran was saying, Abram, where you going? He said, I'm leaving. Do you know which way you're going? No. Do you realize how old you are? Yes. I'm 75 years old. What else do you need to know? He said, well, how are you going to get to where you're going? I don't know. Who told you? God. But they didn't realize that this was the God of all gods. This was the transcendent God. And he moved at the beckoning command of God. My friends, observe the covenant blessings of Abram in Genesis 12, 2 and 3 because of his obedience, which says, I will make you a great nation, Abram. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, Abram, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. My friends, Abram's faith in God, Abram's walk with God, Abram's obedience to God's word brought future blessings to Abram as well as his posterity because of his walk with God, his faith in God, his obedience to God brought future blessings to Abram as well as his posterity. If God used Abram at 75 years of age, he can use any of us at any age. I serve notice on all of you today. You're not too old to be used by God, and you're not too young to be used by God. Uh, By the way, parents, don't get in your children's way when they want to make steps toward God and they want to see Christ as their personal Savior because you don't know where the death of your child is going to be. And a lot of times you say, well, they're a little too young. I don't know. When they make steps toward God and you see them having that, uh, that, that desire for God and want, want to come to Christ. Don't tell them they're too young because actually they're not too young to be used by the devil. Why don't y'all say amen? If they're not too young to be used by the devil, they're not too young to be used by God. And you need to do all you can to inculcate biblical principles, singing Christ over your children, praying over your children, read the scriptures to the children, to your children, because they're not too young to be used by God. And you want to cultivate that, that experience because sometimes parents can get in God's way because we think we know what's best. It's not that we think we know what's best. God knows what's best. And if you're listening to God, parents, you'll do what's right uh, with your child who is a gift from God to you. Why don't you say amen? I just want to throw that in as a caveat, but now we, let's deal with the older side. You're not too old to be used by God. If God used Abram at 75 years of age, he can use any of us at any age. Therefore, you must make a decision to bear fruit in old age. Say old age. That's right. You're not young at heart. You're not seasoned. You're old. That's right. Stop, stop all that stuff. You know, I know you're fixing yourself up. There's nothing wrong with fixing yourself up. There's nothing wrong with dying hair. There's nothing wrong with hair pieces. There's nothing wrong with uh, facelifts and all that stuff. If you want to do all that, just make sure you tithing first, okay? <laughs> D- don't take God's money to do that. Why don't y'all say amen? 
Now, if you got some extra and you want to spruce it up, you can go and spruce it up, but, but it's going to drop anyhow, you know. You build your treasures up in heaven. Uh, hey, why don't you say amen? Build your treasures up in heaven. Uh, you, you're still old, and Abraham was an old man, 75 years old, and yet he's adventuring with God at 75 years of age. I want to say something. Finishing well is to serve faithfully until you cross the finish line right into the presence of Almighty God. Finishing well is to be faithful to the Lord, to be committed to the Lord, giving God all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, being faithful unto death, crossing the finish line. Psalms 92, 14, I just, it's one of my favorite verses. You say, you said that about all of them. I can't help it. I just love the word of God. Psalms 92, 14 says, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. It's nothing like a fresh old person. That's right. Most people, they get old, they get stale, they get mean, they get grouchy, they hard to deal with, cantankerous. But it's nothing like somebody who's been walking with the Lord so long, you see the glow of God on their countenance. You see the aura of Christ all over them. There's, there's a fresh, a spiritual freshness about them. They, you, you just long to be in their presence because they, they have a depth of walk with God. They have spiritual substance to their lives. And, and you just like hanging around them because you know you're going to get some spiritual nuggets that's going to Bless your heart in some kind of a way. That's, that's the kind of people we need who are growing older in Christ and older in age. That's right. They, sell, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Make a decision to allow God to use you even as you get older and older and older and older until God calls you right on in to the presence of God. You don't want to rust out. You want to wear out. Amen? Wear out. There's no such thing uh, as coasting or slowing down as you get ever so close to the finish line of your life. You saying you're too old? Well, let me just clear that up right now. For example... The great Spanish painter Pablo Picasso produced some of his greatest works at 90 years of age. Arthur Rubinstein, the great Polish-American pianist, gave one of his greatest recitals at 89 years of age. In Genesis chapter, chapters 5 through 8, Noah built an ark when he was 500 years old. You're talking about old? In Exodus chapter 3, God called Moses at 80 years of age. At 80, go down, tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 12, at age 85, Caleb said, give me this mountain. 
Therefore, refuse to believe the lie from Satan that you are too old to be used by God. It's not over until you cross the finish line right into the presence of God. My friend, Revelation 2.10b says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. You know, and, and now it's one thing to retire for your job, and it's, but, but, but you don't retire from ministry. You don't retire from ministry. You don't just sit down. Now, I may get to the fact, get to the point one day where I may not physically be able to pastor, but even though I may not be pastoring, I am still going to be doing ministry because retirement is foreign to Scripture. Look how quiet it's getting now. You may retire off your secular jobs and all these things, and some of y'all, when y'all retire off your jobs and you get where you want to be and you set, you retire from God's work too. And that's a dangerous thing. Retirement is foreign to scripture. As a matter of fact, I don't know of one retired devil. They're just as fiendish and just as devilish. That's right. That's right. And they work and they're after us and they work work demons all over the place. Not one said, there's not one demon that says, I quit. But it's amazing how God's people step on their toe, uh, have a misunderstanding. Some happen that they don't know all the facts. And they say, well, I'm through. I'm out of here. I'm through. Not one retired devil. But people of God are so quick to quit. God wants you to serve unto death. Okay, so I just wanted to get that point across. My friend, just because you are old doesn't mean you cannot be fruitful for God. The Lord did not leave you here just to sit around and play golf. Nothing wrong with playing golf, but if you live for it, uh uh-uh. Sit around going fishing. You go on cruise after cruise, getting bigger and bigger. Some of y'all are bingo specialists. If we can get those folks, you go around those bingo houses, man, if you can get those kind of folk to prayer meeting, we, we turn this world upside down. Sitting around, oh, playing cards. And nothing wrong with playing cards in space. I like that kind of stuff too. But I'm not going to live for it. Uh, God doesn't just want you to sit around and play dominoes, and he don't want you playing the lottery, watching television, 800 channels you got. You got some devilish stuff on there that has no business being on there. Surfing the internet, living for the internet, or just sitting around being on a habitual gossip. You're old and you're gossipy. If it's a piece of gossip, you know it, you share it. You're talking to folk all over town, texting folk, emailing folk. Gossip, 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 gossip. The older you get, the more gossip you got. You're just a professional gossip can. God didn't leave you around to spew gossip everywhere. He wants the gospel to go forth into all the world. <laughs> so, 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 so the scripture says in Psalms 92, 14, that God wants you fresh and flourishing for his glory and your good. So live each day, people of God, to the fullest and be enthusiastic that you can still bear fruit in old age. Remember Job 42.12a, which says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. That's powerful. 
You need to write that down. That means God is not through with you yet. If you give him all you got, you give him all you got. Give him all your soul, your mind, your soul, all your mind, your soul, your strength, and he'll bless your latter days. Say latter days. He'll bless your latter days better than the beginning of your life. Job 42, 12a says, now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. In other words, it gets better as you grow older. My God, are all God's children said? Let's go to the second principle. Y'all hanging on with me? Okay, Uh, uh, second principle in decision making is this. We must make a decision not to despise small beginnings. We must make a decision not to despise small beginnings. Uh, When you know without a doubt that God has called you to do a certain task or assignment from him, don't expect instant results. I reiterate, you need, to, you need to grab hold of these truths because you're going to need this. When you know without a doubt that God has called you to do a certain task or assignment from God, don't expect instant results. Be patient with God, be patient with yourself, and be patient with others. God is developing you when God is in the process A lot of times, oftentimes God moves slowly because he's developing you, he's teaching you lessons, and he's growing your spiritual maturity. When you know without a doubt that God has called you to do a certain task or assignment, don't expect instant results. God told me to do this, and one week later, God, I don't see nothing. Uh, Noah did not see instant results. Be patient with God, yourself, and others. I like to say this as well. Refuse to despise or disrespect your calling or assignment from God. Because just because it's small and not measuring up to your expectations. I reiterate, refuse to despise or disrespect your calling or assignment from God because to you it seems small and not measuring up to your expectations. Yeah. Whatever you do for God is big because you have a great God that gave you that assignment. And any assignment that God has given you is a big assignment because it came from whom? God. It came from God. No little task in God's economy. When God tells you to do something, it's a big assignment. Teaching is a big assignment. Pastoring is a big assignment. Ushering is a big assignment. Being kind to my neighbor is a big assignment. Helping the elderly in the nursing home is a big assignment. Ministering to youth in whatever capacity is a huge assignment. Huge assignment. Working in the media ministry is a big assignment. That's right. Being a missionary for God in foreign fields is a huge assignment. That's right. Going to the homeless shelter to see those who are without homes or going to see to visit prisoners and inmates is a huge assignment, my friends. Refuse to despise or, or disrespect your calling or assignment from God because it's small and not measuring up to your expectations. 
Many times, our expectations come from our own fleshly desires and competition. You know, you're trying, to, you're trying to be like somebody. You're trying to outdo someone. And so you put expectations on yourself that God has not put on you. You see what I'm saying? However, we will be at peace with God and ourselves when we align our expectations with what God expects or requires of us. Did you get that? We will be at peace with God. We will be at peace with ourselves when we align our expectations with what God expects and requires of us. That's huge, y'all. Zechariah 4.10a says, For who has despised the day of small things? Who has despised the day of small things? When Maranatha uh, uh, first started back in 1988, we were very small, and we were in a one-room YMCA building. And all the people could, those few people could fit in that one room over on Iowa and New Braunfels. Uh, one room. And, but, but I knew God had called me to do what I am doing. And I thank God for those who believe God with me. In the, in the call of God upon my life, along with my wife. And from that humble beginning, look what God has brought out of that. You know, oh, well, we just in a YMCA. We're so few. It's not many of us. And you start shutting down your blessings before God can bless you because God sees the beginning and the process all the way to the end. And sometimes people see where you are, but they don't know where you began. You know, and you know why some of you are frustrated? Because you think it has to be big, which leads me to this point. If you're not willing to start small, maybe you shouldn't start at all. Some of y'all want to start at big levels. And God says, no, 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 no. No, you're not ready for that yet. A lot, I know what you can handle. I know what you can take on. Let me decide what's best for you on my terms. If you're not willing to start small, maybe you shouldn't start at all. God loves to use people and things we think are insignificant to do great things. God, God loved to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. Did you hear what I said? God loves to do extraordinary things through ordinary, common folk. It, it, you know, it, it's amazing. It is absolutely stunning. God loves to use people and things we think are insignificant to do great things. Many equate success with big crowds. Ooh, there's a big crowd over there. Something must be going on. We like big crowds. We like that. We like that because that, you can get a big crowd at a bonfire. You can get a big crowd at a fight. You know, uh, you, can get a, you can get a big crowd for a whole lot of things that are just uh, secular and, and devilish. Uh, big crowd, big buildings. Bigger the building, the more spiritual we are. Big budget. Ooh, look at the money this particular church is taking in. They are on. They, you can have a big budget and be just as liberal as you can be. 
You can have a big budget and be an apostate church. Well, look how quiet it's getting now. Big congregation. Oh, my church. Oh, they got five services. Thousands are coming, but no message of the gospel and no conviction. And I'm not saying every church has had four or five services are like that, but I'm just saying just because it's big doesn't mean it's better. Big doesn't necessarily means better, and big doesn't necessarily mean more spiritual. It's not the size of an organization. It's not the size of the church. It is not the size of a particular ministry, but it is the quality of the ministry. And even more importantly, it is better to have the presence of God, divine favor, and anointing from God. That's what counts even more. God uses a church of 50 members as well as he can use a church of 1,000 members. He used a church that didn't have much of a budget financially as one that have millions of dollars in the account. So you need to look at the substance of the ministry. Is the gospel going forth? Are people coming to Christ? Is, is the preaching sound? Is the doctrine sound? Are they holding true to the biblical fundamentals of the faith? And on and on and on it goes. Big doesn't necessarily mean better or spiritual. It, it's not the size of an organization, church, or ministry, but the quality And even more importantly, it is better to have the presence of God, divine favor, and anointing from God. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.